Hi folks, Jason Crane here reminding you about the 100 by 300 campaign. The idea is to get 100 members by the 300th show. Membership is easy. You can do it in one lump sum each year or month to month for as little as 10 bucks a month or $110 a year. If you choose one of the higher levels, particularly the $500 a year or $50 a month level, you'll be mentioned on every single show. You'll be an official sponsor of the Jazz Session. The 100 by 300 campaign, visit thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member today. Once again, that's thejazzsession.com slash join. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of this show is available for free at TheJazzSession.com. And at TheJazzSession.com, you can also become a member of the show. I may have mentioned that I need you to become a member, and I really do. Uh, in order for this show to keep going past the 300th episode, I need to reach about 100 members, and I'm at, I think, 28, something like that. So I need, uh, you know, 70-something members in the next 40 episodes, and that means I need you to join right now. So uh, please do it. You can do it for as little as 10 bucks a month. You can also pledge in a one yearly lump sum of $110 a year, and there are levels beyond that as well. But uh, I desperately need your help to keep this show going, and I really hope you'll become a member. Please do check out the Respect Sextet. They're at respectsextet.com. They've got a bunch of great records, and you'd do well to purchase any of them or all of them. And they've got a forthcoming live album on the way as well. I saw them record part of it the other evening in... Uh, the Village, and it sounded great. So I'm looking forward to hearing the live record, uh, which has tons of new music. Please do check them out at respectsextet.com. And while you're online, head over to twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. He designed the show's logo, and he's always got funny stuff to say on Twitter. Speaking of which, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't often mention that, but I'm at uh, Jason D. Crane. So you can follow my tweets, and I'm on Facebook, and the Jazz Session is on Facebook, so uh, feel free to get connected in the social media world. My guest today is Adam Cruz. I saw him play with Bruce Barth just after coming, uh, moving to New York and uh, really enjoyed his playing, and around that exact same time, he released a, a new record called Milestone, which begins with this tune called Secret Life.
My guest is uh, composer Adam Cruz. He has a new record called Milestone. And uh, first off, it's it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, Jason, thank you for having me. Of course, I left out the fact that you play the drums, which I guess yeah. most people will uh, will gather pretty quickly. Um, I want to start right off with the title of this record, which in addition to kind of evoking some pretty famous pieces of music, it seems to suggest maybe more accurately that you feel like you're at a at a particular place as a, as a musician, as a writer, and maybe you're trying to document that. Is that an accurate read on where the, the that, title places us? Yeah, that, that would be it exactly. Um, in fact, yeah, I, I, I had some hesitation when, um, you know, when uh, I, the idea came to me and it, and it, uh, <clears throat> and it rang true. It rang like a good, uh, a good representation for, for where I am, but, but it feels so weighted because of the, the Miles Davis, right? Because <laughs> right, I said, well, but it's but it's singular. It's not it's not plural, you know. Um, like the the like the, the Miles tunes and the Miles record. It's funny because actually that um, the Milestones record uh, was uh, one of my father's favorite records that he he played relentlessly when I was a little boy. Um, he loved uh, Billy Boy on that record, and 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 he used to point out to me like how how smoothly Philly Joe Jones would. Uh, would change from sticks to brushes on that, uh, and yeah, and he just and he he just loved everything about that record, and it's still one of my favorites. So it's funny, I I do feel a connection to the milestones, but uh, of, of Miles Davis. But um, yeah, for me, the 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 title, uh, yeah, it it just it's a very it's like a personal uh, marker for for this this time. It's it's uh. I, I spent a lot of a lot of uh, time in, in these last years just investing in my my own composition uh, and and building these pieces kind of privately just with, at, at home on the piano and and while I'm doing all these gigs with a lot of other people and so um, you know their fulfillment coming you know like and and, and being realized into something was was uh, just a, a a significant time marker for me and at this point and also just making the transition into to being a band leader for the first time uh was was, was a you know a, a good feeling but it, it's funny because the, the way the record sits for me and, and the, the idea of, of of this milestone um it, it it does feel like a culmination of the last few years and um a kind of arrival you know after um after hard work and and also um you know just a representation of of what I've been involved in in and uh everything I all the ways I've been growing with uh, on the gigs I've been doing like with people like uh Danilo Perez or David Sanchez and and you know now I'm putting my own thing out and so it does feel like an arrival but because um it's my first record and uh and uh I feel really um uh, I feel really energized to do more along these lines, and I feel uh, um, just curious about what else is going to come. Then, uh, so it also feels like, besides being a culmination, it, it's uh, it's also like a, a new phase beginning. So it feels like a start, also at the same time. So it feels like, on the one hand, it's a it's marking kind of a, a culmination to all of these these pieces growing up and now going out into the world and now it's also a start of something fresh and and being a leader for the first time
do you feel like you have to be very intentional about carving out space to work on your own music, given how much time you spend on the road and playing the music of other people, interpreting other people's music? Do you have to make a real conscious effort to carve out that space? Oh, yourself? yeah, that's a great observation, yeah. Um, it's uh, I had to put a lot of conscious intention on that choice. Um, you know, I mean, there are many times, often, you know, maybe coming home from a tour, it would be nice to have just, you know, after, you know, like a long flight or something, you know, just, I wanted to, maybe part of me would like to just sit home and, you know, watch The Simpsons for a couple of nights right. or something <laughs> like that, you know. But um, but then there's this, like, little gnawing voice in the back of my head that says, oh, but, you know, you have that music you're trying to develop, you know, and it's like, so, um, so yeah, in that sense, it, 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 it um, it took a, and it still takes because I, I, you know, I'm still busy doing other things, and, and I want to write more and continue with this. So it just it takes, uh, um, you know, a, a certain kind of discipline and, and uh, just consciousness about one's time, you know, and, and how to use it best, um, you know, to, to to make these this you know these kinds of creative things happen. You know? And it's you know as as life goes on, and you know you, as you get a little older, you you. Not that I'm an old man, but you know, <laughs> a little older than I. But you, you know, there's just it's it's you, you tend to feel a little busier, a little more more responsibilities coming in. So it's even even it takes uh, more energy and more uh, thoughtfulness to 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 carve out that space. And how about the how about creating your own musical language or your own musical vocabulary? I wonder if if is that a challenge at all? Given is it a challenge to just kind of say, okay, this is all of the other music that I've been playing, but now it's time to to create what oh, my musical yeah. personality uh, will be. Yeah. Well, for, for me, it was such a challenge that it took me almost 10 years to do it. <laughs> That's really kind of, in, in a certain way, what's, I don't want to say held me up because I don't, you know, I don't like to think of it uh, like it was supposed to happen sooner or something. But that's really what uh, the thing you're touching on is, is what made it uh, take as long as it takes, you know, because, um, you know, I really wanted to feel a sense of connection to the music that that had uh, certain you know trueness to it. When I say say trueness, I mean that it has a something that's authentically myself. You know, um, it's hard to put into words what I mean, but there's a way sometimes in the compositional process when uh, I might be at the piano or, or you know or even at the drums and, and having an idea, and as it's as it's getting fleshed out. <clears throat> finding harmonies or, or melodies or grooves or sections um you know there's there's a way like you know a certain radar might come up and say like yeah you know this this is reminding me of uh such and such and this isn't you know i feel like oh i'm you know this isn't maybe uh somehow um you know speaking from a deeper place you know so um it took work for me to to go through all of those those uh, stages and and you know when I would listen back to say I could, maybe I'd be recording some ideas on a mini disc player or something and when I would li listen back to what I'd done and you know really having a, a sharp sense for when like something something sticks out like ah like well, what is that there and those four bars this other stuff that that's not happening you know but what, what about this here and 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 uh, you know really to look out for those things as a composer that that um, you know have something I don't know a special sense about them that feel true to one's soul or something. And then I would, I would just kind of methodically build around those things, you know, um, you know, sometimes, uh, another thing I could say about that, 
the compositional process related to what you're saying is, uh, you know, often, um, you know, I might be coming from uh, a gig with, with, you know, Edward Simon or, 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 or Charlie Hunter or, or who is, you know, or, or Danilo, of course, Danilo Perez, who I've been playing with for so long. Um, and I might, maybe I'd be, you know, have a, a, a certain kind of inspiration you know, floating around that that's related to a gig I've been doing, and 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 you know I'd want to capture something at the piano, and I'd sit down and and feel like oh, I want to maybe I want to try to write something, and uh, you know that's along these lines, or maybe as a certain rhythm, maybe in maybe in twelve eight, or who knows what, or or a certain kind of bomba rhythm if if I'd been doing a gig that had something similar, and and I have this enthusiasm for for uh, going that direction inspired from perhaps one of the band leaders I played with. And, uh, you know, then it's funny because, you know, uh, I, I often ran up against this this issue where I'd start to do that and, you know, things would start to take shape. And inevitably, you know, what I end up with after maybe, you know, sitting there for an hour or something and what I set out to do are very different sure. <laughs> things, you know. <laughs> so um, being able to come to terms with that, you know, so you might have had a certain idea, uh, you know, compositionally, but then what what came yielded from you is is uh, is its own thing now, you know. So learning how to work with that, you know, and if it, and also determining if it's worth, you know, keep if that piece is like worth uh, keeping or scrapping parts of it or whatever, but. You know, as, as always, it never ceases to uh, surprise me, you know, how, like, you know, we might have an idea about something and then it, it's going to, you know, take a take shape in, in a way like that we didn't expect, which is often how, how life tends to be in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a reflection of that. But, you know, somehow we still expect that we'll be able to sit down sometimes and write. Make it happen uh, just the way yeah, we want. That's right? what we're thinking about, <laughs> but it never does. And, and so it's been a great uh, learning process in that way for me. And it sounds like you've really worked on building up your editing muscles too, on really mm-hmm. on listening back, on figuring out what you don't need as much as what you do need, on finding the mm-hmm. uh, isolating the essential mm-hmm. elements, that kind of thing. Yeah, and and particularly for 
for this project. Um, you know, I I, uh, I had the the particular players in mind somewhere in the, in the midst of, of of writing all of these these pieces. Um, I realized, you know, that I just I, I wanted um, a, a, a certain feeling of cohesion, which which I I'm glad that I, I felt I achieved that to a certain degree. You know, like that there's a there's a sound and a cohesion to the pieces that feel they go together and that um, you know the musicians are able to breathe some energy into. But um, so yeah, the, the editing process helped with that. You know, I'd say this is you know these pieces that actually came to be realized right were, were drawn from a pool. <laughs> And because, you know, at some stage or at some points, I felt like uh, these can work together, you know. Some are, uh, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I, in a certain way, I think of them like uh, uh, if, there, if, there's a, if it's a family and these are the, these are the children in the family because um, they kind of all came up at different speeds and, at, and you know, were born at different times, like a, like a couple of the pieces, like, like uh, Bird of Paradise, for instance, is many years ago I was working on the body of that song. And then it went through a lot of changes because, you know, I, I was never satisfied with the second half of it. So, like, I would, the first half was always intact for, for years. And the second half, I would try all these different things, you know. You know, that's like one of the oldest child in a certain way, you know. Right. And, so there's all, like, you know, these different uh, points in my life that, that some of the tunes get associated with. You know, it's funny, the, um, uh, the song... Uh, Crepuscular is kind of like a, almost like a forgotten child because I had uh, there's eight songs on on Milestone and I had uh, seven of them uh, all ready to go you know and 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 then I, I you know I felt like well I need I need one more you know and I was gonna sit down to write and impose perhaps you know like okay what kind of song I could use maybe something like something free you know something maybe or you know um, just thinking of something to contrast you know the the, the other music and. But then I, I uh, you know, I also started just perusing my old recordings, and and there was Crepuscular, you know, and then I thought, oh, what is this? Oh, this, this, you know. So it's, you know, advice to any anybody composing, I'd say is, you know, like uh, keep records of what you do, you know, like and be as organized as you can in terms of uh, if you if you record your ideas on, you know, uh, uh, piano or guitar, whatever you play, like, you know, try to label them as much as you can and keep, you know, because it, it's it's a you know it's a, when you go back to something it's like you have a new relationship to it too sure. something you might not have thought was working at the time when you hear it with fresh ears you know months later you're like hey what is this you know yeah so that was for me crepuscular just jumped out at the last minute to kind of complete the set yeah. that's great to set up this next question I just want to read the names of the people who are in this band uh, Miguel Zanon plays alto sax uh, Steve Wilson soprano sax Chris Potter tenor sax Steve Cardenas is on guitar Ed Simon on piano and Ben Street on the bass and of course uh, Adam Cruz on the drums so A that's r ridiculous right that's you know <laughs> it was a good day at the Union Hall obviously oh, the yeah. day that the band was put together and also uh, it was just just for clarity so everybody's on uh, the whole record but uh, so Steve uh, Wilson is on half on soprano, right. and Miguel Zanon plays alto on the other half. So they kind of, so it's really like a six-piece group, and with half the time Miguel and half the time we does Steve, sure. Steve Wilson. Yeah. So the the question I wanted to ask about that is that all of these people are leaders in their own right. Some of them with many albums yeah. to their credit. Yeah. And so when you stepped into the studio, and this time it was your turn to lead the band, and these guys with whom you've played before in other contexts, sometimes both as sidemen, that kind of thing, yes. uh, did it did it 
alter that relationship or did you find it was kind of a, a, a new set of, of skills or techniques you had to bring to bear when it was you who was leading the session? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, um, yeah, I feel really lucky, you know, to, um, you know, because I've had relationships with, with all these guys and to be able then to, when I was first, uh, you know, this music was coming together just uh, on my own, you know, and then I could envision, you know, uh, these these amazing musicians and then you know have access to them and get them because they're friends and we have relationships and i was able to it wasn't easy though i'll say because just <laughs> um mostly just be, you know schedule wise and uh logistics the timing it was it was quite a challenge to sure. to get everybody together uh you know we had a couple warm-up gigs in new york and then but uh you know that's when i discovered that aspect of leadership that's sitting at the computer you know and right <laughs> <laughs> and just you know, and, and having tons of emails going back and forth, and pulling your hair out, to just, you know, and, and trying to time it with the club, and then the studio availability, and all of that. So that's, that's the part they leave out of the jazz biographies, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, that that was a considerable uh, uh, awakening for me. Like, sure. <laughs> of uh, time spent, you know, and especially with this band, uh, you know, that was actually part of uh, the drive uh, that in, in it was inspiring me as I was writing too. Was like, oh, how. You know how cool and how fun it would be to have a new context, you know, for you know these musicians that I love that I've all played with in their, either their bands or in other bands, you know, to have, and that you know, and that I get to, uh, you know, that I get to, you know, have some large part in the design of that context. You sure. know, I mean, it, it was it was uh, exciting and it was fun to do that. It was also daunting. I was also you know uh, concerned. Well, I hope it lives up to all these amazing <laughs> musicians. You know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out, but, um, you know, the way that they played, um, just, just, uh, was beyond my expectations, you know, like with, with the, the, the degree of uh, musicality, you know, and the, the power of the, of their improvisations, you know, but, um, I mean, I think it has to do with, with, uh, you know, who, who they are as, as people, you know, I mean, there's just a, there's a kind of generosity, and all, all, of, all, every one of them in their spirit, you know. And then there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a givingness and an, and an, and an openness that, um, you know, made it somewhat effortless. I mean, you know, the, the pieces needed some rehearsal. There was whatever. It's not super hard music, but it, you know, it has some intricacies and it has like, uh, um, you know, there's it's, it's kind of sectional music. It's, it's not like uh, maybe more just head charts up and down, you know. Right. There's, cues and whatnot so you know it, it was challenging with everybody's schedule to get enough rehearsal and stuff but um and i learned a lot um you know um one of the things you know that was a challenge and uh for me is being in this new position you know uh leading uh from behind the drums and uh you know once getting once we're on the gig or, or once we're in the studio you know um and and the music's rolling along is to uh you know be able to 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 let go you know that um and to simply uh you know like uh be immersed and and focused in in my my role as a drummer shaping this music you know because uh you know i had so much i don't know mental energy into like um hoping okay we have to remember that after the guitar solo the horns come back and do this and you know and i had all these you know, but that, you know, one could get, uh, you know, if, if you're thinking about that stuff too much, you know, you're not, 
you know, you're not just, uh, you know, flowing with the music enough. So, so that was, that was a challenge for me. Like, is, you know, I, you know, I tried to take some space, you know, and, and meditate some before the session and just, uh, put myself in the frame of mind to just to play, you know, to let it, to let the music go, you know, so that, that was a big challenge. live uh, club dates ahead of the recording session did you did you hear anything in the music that between then and the session you thought oh here's some other directions that this might go or some things I might I might adjust a little bit but I was but, uh, somewhat you know I, 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 I taped it and, and uh, you know it was more um, it was more maybe just noticing if there were any uh, problem you know, sure. areas and just to, to, to try to take note of that area just like I say like maybe oh when like the song Magic Ladder is a has a lot of uh, every time I've played that there's a there's a transition to the coda that that somehow um, it's all in four and everything but somehow the way the parts line up together you know is just just kind of tricky so you know just so like just try you know I would notice maybe oh you know there's there's something to to just go over in that section you know and and uh, you know like I was just wondering if uh, certain things might want to be longer or shorter you know, like there's an intro to a song called Outer Reaches. Um, and uh, we ended up making the intro quite longer on the record, kind of a more atmospheric thing, you know. And, and you know, so I, as the gig was going on at, at the it was at the jazz gallery, um, like certain things like that, you know, I, I were occurring to me like, oh, maybe this choice, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist. I saw even hearing the record, <clears throat> excuse me. Hearing the record now, I'm like, oh, I could have done this and I could have done that, you know. <laughs> it's like still going well, but I'm just gonna, you know, I'll apply those lessons to the next. I was gonna say that's why you make another one, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> one, uh, one thread that for me runs through this music is uh, you seem to have a real talent for writing, kind of anthemic pieces, really pieces that really build over time that mm -hmm. seem to have a real arc to mm -hmm. them and a and a strength to them, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And the people that you chose to play on the record obviously help that that strength along mm -hmm. too. But I, w I wonder if that's something you 
that you see as a as a hallmark of your writing, kind of mm. a, a desire to write these kind of, I don't know if grand is the right word, but they're very yeah. more expansive and kind of powerful. Yeah. Open to... Yeah. Well, I, I, I like, uh, I, I've always enjoyed playing music that has that kind of arc to it and that kind of uh, space then for, you know, uh, for a musician, for, you know, an interpreter to get in there and, and uh, feel like they're being taken somewhere by the, the composition. So maybe my, you know, my experience as a drummer when I've got to feel that way um, you know, made me want to inflect some of that into the writing, you know. Um, so, yeah, and also, like, just wanting to uh, to, to, to allow some liberty and, and feel free in, in my own compositional process, you know. So, so when, uh, you know, like, takes this first song, like, Secret Life is, um, you know, um, I'll just, I guess, you know, I, a big lesson I learned is, like, um, when I was writing is, is uh, trying to have an understanding for when you know something is enough, you know, because there could be a tendency, at least in my case, like, you know, to, 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 uh, to reach a certain point, like in, uh, at the end of, I don't know, 16 bars or something and feel like, oh, now what, you know, now what am I going to write, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, always, you know, I, I've learned to always have a, uh, the the question handy like oh is this enough for this section you know and uh, and you know so for instance in secret life in the first tune you know it's like the written material at the beginning right it, it isn't isn't very long you know it, it's um, it's kind of a cyclical thing and and uh, and often in, in my music and in, in this piece you know I would I would start to hear just some some counterpoint between the horns that could then uh, allow it to build in that way so you know just there's there's a sort of, uh, I, I often like to employ a technique of, of, of layering, you know, um, so that happens the, the way the record opens. But it's not, um, it's, it's, it's relatively simple in the core material that's there. But then uh, when we hit uh, Chris's uh, Potter's tenor solo, you know, um, it's just wide open, and then that goes on for quite a while. Right. <laughs> and and uh, you know, and he's telling an amazing story to me, and the intensity that's in there is is. Uh, you know, is, is wonderful. And so, you know, um, at the end of that section, you know, I, I, I felt like, well, now what? You know, it's like, um, you know, um, rather than perhaps just a restatement of the, uh, the material we started out with, I, um, you know, I might do things like I would, I would take the, 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 the material that started out with, I would, I would, sort of harmonically I would I would look at where I was and and uh I would I would do something uh you know drawn from that material but be going somewhere else you know and, and I guess often in jazz what happens is is uh you know you reach an end of the solo and you feel like okay time to go back home right and I'm thinking well, well maybe instead of going home you know maybe we'll We'll stop off at this coffee shop over right. here, and you know what I mean. It's on the way home, but you know, so you know, like looking for another vista, but that still has a, you know, you take the same highway, right? It still has the, the, sure. the same uh, drawing on the same, you know, materials that I started out with, and seeing if there could be something new, maybe for the next soloist to deal with. So we right. we ended up then into like a, a six four section where. 
Um, there's some new melody that happens, and then there's some wonderful trading with uh, Ed Simon and uh, Steve Cardenas on that. You know, and then I felt like, okay, it's time to get back home. But instead of uh, having the horns play the melody at the beginning as we did, I I, I chose to have it be uh, a little lighter, and, and uh, the, the melody is then stated on the piano at the end. They're very similar, not exactly the same, but very similar to the melody at the beginning. So, um, yeah, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to make a tune that's epic with an arc or something like right. that. It was just... It was just really for my own, just uh, uh, just wanting to feel like things are just moving forward, you know, yet maintaining uh, uh, cohesion, you're maintaining a, a, a relatedness at the same time. You mentioned uh, your father earlier, who was also a musician. Will you say some more about him? Oh, yeah. Did I mention? Oh, yeah. Yeah, about we the milestones. About... Right oh, here. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny that you mentioned to me earlier, you're, uh, you were involved in, in Latin music and... and uh, yeah, my dad was, uh, um, and still is, you know, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, steeped in that tradition. And uh, he uh, is a great timbalero, you know, he plays, plays the timbales and uh, played with uh, Mongo Santa Maria, um, I think just before I was born or maybe when I was very young. There's also a great salsa band uh, at that time, This these guys named Richie Ray and Bobby Cruz. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so he, he was playing timbales uh, in, in those groups. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, so much of, of uh, what I'm involved in, what I'm doing, I owe, owe to his, you know, legacy, what he's passed on. Um, you know, um, it's, it's funny. There's a, there's a, uh, I was just reading recently a, a, a psychologist, a writer, I think her name is Marion Woodman. And she said something uh, really profound, I thought, which was that, you know, when we're really young, uh, you know, a child, you know, who's not even four or five, when they're, they're so close to the parents that they, they're close to the parents unconscious, right? So whatever's going on with the parents, perhaps it could be whatever unlived dreams or, or anxieties or, or whatever the parents are dealing with at an unconscious level, that the, the children, that the child's in touch with that, you know, um, very very closely and uh and this kind of rings true and in, 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 in with my father because um it's, it's an interesting time uh for him when 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 i was first born he had been he had had a career as a as a as a as a timbaletto in, in in latin music but he had uh, a great passion and and desire for learning as far as jazz and the drum set which he played a little bit you know but he was really uh, kind of uh, obsessed with his, his, you know, developing his drum set abilities, you know, when, right around the time when I was, I was really uh, just, just first born and very young. And so he was, I think there were like some uh, big bands, like some reading bands, like in New York at the time, like that you'd go and I forgot what they call them, but a band you'd go to like to get your reading together. Sure. And uh, he was doing that. Like I said, he was playing records like by miles and philly joe and um listening to tony williams i remember too and so he had this drive and passion and uh you know he 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 ended up you know uh doing quite a bit as a drummer as well he played around new york and usually drums and timbales you know but i guess i see um some of the part of the beauty of it or, or part of the, the journey for me is like that i think i uh my own you know, uh, like, well, I should say when, 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 when my parents got split up when I was about four, 
you know, what the, he, he made a, a very significant move for me, which was to leave a drum set in the house in, in New Jersey where I grew up. He went, he had moved back to Brooklyn. So we were still close. I'd see him relatively often. We were only like 40 minutes apart. But um, that drum set being in the house kind of gave my life a, a direction because when I was maybe 14 or 15, I decided, you know, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I somewhere had a voice tell me like, yeah, that's some reason that's, you know, I'm going to play the drums, you know. Um, I mean, I was already playing all through. I've been playing as long as I can remember, but it was just the thing I did. It was just, you know, I had fun with it. I, I right. you know, I, I just took, you know, these solos from in front of my friends and before we went bike riding, you know. Right. They said, come on, Adam, go off on the drums, you know. And I, before we'd go out, I'd go, you know. I'd, <laughs> and then, we, you know, so I just, it was just, as a kid, it was a part of my life. But when I was 14, 15, uh, I said, this is, okay, I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going to start taking some lessons with other people and, and this is what I'm going to pursue. But, you know, him, so him leaving that, that, that uh, uh, drum set there when, when, I, when I was a kid, you know, really... Uh, you know, gave shape to my life, like I said. But I think, you know, as I'm older now, I realize, I think there's a certain way, you know, like that his own unfinished business of, you know, that, that obsession and passion he had for being a drummer when I was little is somehow, you know, uh, taking place place through through my activities. At least I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what it was at 14 or 15 that made you think, that made you change the way you thought about playing the drums? Ah, it's a good question, you know. Um, well... You know, I think uh, I needed a place at that time to put, you know, whatever kind of uh, emotional, you know, things going on in my life and whatever kind of pain I was experiencing or difficulties. I just, I felt the real need to, to, be, to be focused somehow. I mean, I didn't think that, you know what I mean? I'm right. saying that now. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what I think happened. You know, I, I mean, I, I, um, I, I chose that, you know, to as as a way of coping, you know, for whatever difficulties I was feeling as a as a kid growing up, you know, I, I and you know, uh, things with my parents or just with the, you know, just just kid stuff, you know, cultural stuff, you know, and um, it was somehow like there was, you know, there was that, um, I guess, you know, it was it was a very pure, strong thing in my life, you know, up until. 14 or so it was just this you know this thing I did like I said like I just played you know and it being pure and strong like that I guess on some intuitive level a part of me knew to choose that and and used it to kind of just cope because I became very immersed and like you know from the years of maybe when I was 14 to maybe even you know 2021 or so I was just you know pretty uh obsessive perhaps too much so to uh to to practicing and you know and uh and uh, working on my chops and all of that you know so um but i think it, it served a purpose somehow for me does music still have that restorative or, or healing power for you now yeah in a different way um i yeah i think um you know uh yeah i i when i when i'm able to create you know, um, the right kind of space, you know, for, um, for practice, you know, um, it, it, uh, yeah, I feel the effects, you know, but, um, but there's also a way I feel like, uh, is happening through maturing is I, I, there's also a way that, um, I think I'm learning to, to also, to, to, um, to not isolate it to music only, you know, sure. there's a way of, of, 
of of uh, you know being present in 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 life. You know, just in in, in uh, you know taking walks or just spending time with my wife or you know just um, or reading. I love to read. You know, I love uh, literature. Just you know, there's ways that um, it's a little more spread out nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as folks are listening to this, uh, it should be toward the end of April 2011. So are there some upcoming events that you'd yeah. like to mention? Um, certainly, yeah. Well, in, in May, I'll be mostly uh, on the road with uh, Danilo Perez's trio, and I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to that. Um, is that in the States or all over? That or? particular trip is uh, – we are in uh, mostly in Europe. Okay. And then uh, – I also have some dates with, with John Patitucci, and he's putting a trio together with uh, myself and, and John Coward. Um, and we're going to do some dates in Mexico, which I'm, I'm uh, excited about. Um, and just after that, I'm, I'm really happy that I'm going to have the CD release gigs in New York. Uh, it'll be at the Jazz Standard on uh, June 7th and June 8th. Oh, great. Yeah. And then one more CD release gig in June uh, in Boston. Scholars, and that'll be on June 21st. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you want to mention? I think we've covered some good grounds. So, All right. Yeah. Then I'll just say that my guest is Adam Cruz. The new CD is called Milestone. It's on Sunnyside Records, and uh, it's well worth checking out. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Adam. Thanks oh, for doing it. Oh, it's been great talking to you, Jason. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. music from Adam Cruz. I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at TheJazzSession.com. There's also a category 
drop-down menu in the bottom left of the page so that you can sort by instrument if you like. You can also subscribe in iTunes or using an RSS reader, and the links to do that are available at thejazzsession.com. And at that site, you can also become a member of the show, and I really need your help to get 100 members by the 300th show and keep this show going. Thank you. Get out there now if you would and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can and then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.